Welcome to TV Chinwag, where we take one part cheeky talk, two parts witty banter, and dump in a whole heaping spoonful of snark. It's TV Chinwag. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Jules. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 47 of TV Chinwag. My name is Ryan and with me as always is a woman who's probably feeling a little bit dizzy because she's on the other side of the world, the right side of the world. Jules, hey Jules, welcome to Canada. Oh my god, I'm actually looking at you while I'm talking and I think I have to avert my eyes. It's very distracting. It's probably going to make you sick. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. Um, and now we've got paparazzi in the studio with us while we're podcasting and yeah. drinking. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi. Oh, there we go. Please leave. <laughs> we're, we're doing work. I know, I just was making it official. Okay. Out you go. Go on. So, so this is the stress we're under, people, because the press have found out where our secret bunker is in Vancouver that we're broadcasting from. But yes, it's lovely to be here in Vancouver, although your summer weather has been very shitty. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your beer has been very good, some of which uh, I am partaking in at the moment. It is delicious. Tell us about this beer, Ryan. This is a West Coast Ale. You won't have this um, in Australia unless you're in Perth. That's true, because that's where the West Coast is. And they're probably the only people over there that make beer. That would be true. There's not a lot on that side of the country, is there? Um, well, there's a lot. There's just only one town. Yeah. Okay, so not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff. It's just we only have one city over that way. We don't. We like to spread things out a bit. Yeah, I, I, except in the middle. There's stuff in the middle, too. There's not much in the middle. You haven't there. been there. I've never what been there. What would you know? Can I come next year? I don't know. <laughs> you can come whenever you can, Ryan. I don't know if that's disgusting I've been to both countries, so I think I'm in the position to make some comparisons. Okay. And what are your comparisons? You have very good beer here. Thank you very much. Um, you also have my favorite drink in the world, which is a Caesar. Right. Which you had two of earlier today. Uh, which I had two of earlier today and many in my uh, 10 days here. And that's my annual... And, and the people of uh, Canada are quite pleasant. Hmm. Interesting. I haven't found them to be that way. Haven't you? That's no. probably more to do with you than the people of Canada. <laughs> that could very well be. But no, it's it's lovely to be here. It's lovely to, lovely to be podcasting... Um, if not face-to-face, because I'm averting my eyes slightly to avoid being distracted by your beauty. I don't want uh, you to fall in love with me, Jules. Again, that yeah. ended badly last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an unusual occurrence. Not only are we in the same room together, we're both drinking beer and we're both wearing pants. And, and we're I'm... both relatively sober. Well, I'm Usually less, it's I'm you le- on the coffee and me a few, a few to the yes, wind. Yes, you're... you're... Less sober than you normally are, and I'm more... No, I'm less sober than I normally am, and you're more sober than you usually are. So expect a flop on this one, I think. (laughs) Uh, That's what she said! Um, Okay, don't don't hit the table. Don't hit the table? Okay, okay. I don't want to have to ask Um, you to leave. Hello, everyone. (laughs) No, because I don't know. I'm in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, so... I think this is a suburb, but there are moose and and rabid raccoons around. Technically, we're in the greater Vancouver area. Right. Technically. Which encompasses like most of lower british yes, columbia pretty much yeah. <laughs> so it's like outside of here is sort of moose and icebergs right um anyway we are here to talk television 
What did you do while you were in town? You want to talk about that? We talk about the Supernatural Convention. Oh, I can talk about a few things I've done in All town. Right. Yes, I was um, here in Vancouver for the Supernatural Convention, uh, which took place last weekend, which was amazing mm-hmm. as ever, and one big party for for three days that people mm-hmm. come to from all over the world. A couple of thousand people, I think, nearly. They had a hell of a lot of chairs set up in that auditorium for Sunday. Uh, that's because we all sat down in them. Were they pretty close to full? Oh, yeah. On Sunday? Very, very close to full. Yep. Really? Yep. Oh, my God. Um, but I yep. couldn't get over how many seats they had set up. Thousands. Yes. That was insane. About 2,000, I think. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Uh, and people come from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Quite a big contingent from Australia. Mm-hmm. New Zealand. A couple of New Zealanders. I met quite a few New Zealanders. Um, some of those are probably Australians pretending to be New Zealanders. Uh, I don't think they do that. No, we don't do that. Um, quite a few people from Japan. Uh-huh. Um, some Americans. Mm-hmm. Quite a few of those. But a lot of locals. Dominantly mm-hmm. um, uh, Canadian from mm-hmm. all over the country. Mm-hmm. Even from your East Coast. Right. Which is a long ways away. Which is a long ways away. And a lot of Vancouver. Varites. Mm-hmm. Are you Ites or mm-hmm. Ians? Ites. Ites. Uh, yeah, so as usual, it was a lot of fun. Um, it's a bit become a bit like a three-day party. Yes. But you didn't get uh, Blotto this time, did you? I, I maintained my... Decorum? Mm, Self-respect? Pants? Mm, pants, yes. <laughs> uh, the top did come up at, off at karaoke, as is my tradition. It is my tradition to get topless at karaoke. And this is why people I don't go to the karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to get topless, but my public demanded it. Oh, and, wow. And uh, it doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. Uh, You'll do whatever your public demands. I will do just about anything my public demands. But karaoke was a lot of fun. Uh, the Saturday night concert with uh, Loud and Swain and a couple of guests uh, was brilliant. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe you were you, you were there for that, Ryan? Um, I was in the back. I didn't see it up front. I saw it from the back. The VIP section. How, with the free booze. Uh, there was a free booze. I had one of uh, Mr. Ackles' beers, I believe. He gets them brought in specially. Sierra Nevada's. Ooh. It was actually very nice. I'm going to see if I can find some here. Um, yeah, so that, I snuck backstage and chatted with everybody. That was very cool. Got to see Brianna back there, and uh, who else? Osric was there, and Gil, and uh, Richard, and the band, of course. And, they were on the stage most of the time, yeah, though. Mark was there. Mark all, all, all the people were yes, there. Yes, Mark good. Shepherd, who took to drums. Mm-hmm. In fact, we had two drum kits on stage at one time. Right. Uh, so, yes, no, that was a very fun night. And, of course, during the day, there were lots of panels from various guests and uh i didn't see any panels yeah they were good i wasn't there for any panels they were good um richard spate and rob benedict were wonderful hosts as ever Mm -hmm. and i had an awesome time and i'll be back next year excellent maybe we'll hang out or something Mm, maybe then what did you all do on monday jules not much. Um, oh, well, one thing I do want to talk about that I did was watch the finale of Hannibal. Um, so, of course, the show that I love and Ryan would prefer me not to talk about um, had its finale last week. And it looks like the series finale as it was cancelled by NBC uh, about a, two months ago. Um, for those of you who do watch and love Hannibal, it was an incredibly satisfying finale. Um, on many levels, both the character arc and the story. Uh, I think Brian Fuller, obviously, as he's known each season, 
that there was a high likelihood of the show not being renewed wrote it that it played it played well as both a season and a series finale so not that i don't want it ever i would love it to come back but uh if that has to be the finale it was it was very well done and um suitably in keeping with the the crazy tone of the the whole show mm-hmm. yeah i'm glad that's over why you weren't watching it I'm tired of hearing people talking about it. I just think it's so sick to glorify cannibalism and to glorify somebody who ritualistically murders people and does creepy things and eats them. I just think that it's so fucked up Mm. that anyone could be okay with that. That would be like having a show whose hero goes around raping people all the time. And then it's like, oh my god, it's so awesome. This rape show is so good. No, see, that would be horrible unless they then killed and ate them. Cannibalism is a celebration of the human spirit. No, no, it's, it's not. It's a metaphor. It's, it's something for... that mentally ill people do. No, no, no. Yes. It's a metaphor for connection no, no. and empathy. Oh, so is rape. No, it's not. Sure it is. Why not? Killing and eating people can be. Why can't raping? Oh, see, all of a sudden no. that's not a good show, right? And yeah, you're like, that would no. be really fucked up if they did that. No, that's how no. normal people feel about Hannibal. No, that's how you feel about Hannibal. Well, that, that's, I'm a, that's normal, a by definition. A normal human. See, this is where we with good taste. I, I think you in, felt it was. A, a, I think you felt it was a bit close to home. <laughs> Hardly. Yeah. I think it was disgusting. I think you touched something deep, dark within. Yeah, the, the part of the back of your throat that makes you want to puke. No, I think yeah. that was that was desire, Ryan. That Absolutely, was... I wish it was. I wish I could say it was. So that's really your go-to thing. You're not going to talk about the movie premiere that we went to on Monday. I haven't finished talking about Hannibal yet. Oh, who cares about Hannibal? Nobody does. Everybody hates it. I'm sure most of our, many of our listeners do. I mean, the good thing is, of course, um, Hugh Dancy's going to be in a new series, which off the top of my head I can't remember the name of, but he'll be playing a charismatic cult leader. Uh, and Brian Fuller's going on to produce, uh, finally, the much talked about and touted in various forms for many years TV version of Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Mm. And I think most people would agree if anyone can pull off anything close to doing justice to American Gods, it would be Brian Fuller, who has an incredible uh, visual imagination and is slightly crazy in the best sorts of ways. So I, I look forward to that. I haven't given up hope that we will see Hannibal rise again in some other form, maybe as, uh, you know, three or four episodes or a, or a telly movie in some form or not. And I know that both Fuller and Hugh Dancy and Mads Michelson and Gillian Anderson are very um, are very committed to the show. So uh, keep your flower crowns on, people. Uh, I'm sure we will get to eat the rood once again. Uh, but speaking of movies made by talented auteurs, uh, I saw, <laughs> um, I was going to see one last night, but I didn't. But instead, on Monday <laughs> night, I went to see... Uh, the world premiere of a short film called Weirdo Hero, directed by one Ryan Curtis. That's me. Really? Yeah. Was that you? That was me. Wow. Yeah, that's why I asked you to MC the night. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I was just there because Brianna Buckmaster was in the movie. That's good reason enough in my books. Who is hilarious <laughs> yes. and wonderful. Ryan, tell us a little bit about Weirdo Hero. Well, we finally finished it. I think we talked about it quite a bit on this podcast as we sort of went along and used it as an excuse to not podcast every week. Um, it went really uh, so well. your excuse, not mine. Yeah, my excuse. I was sitting at the microphone on my own every week. But... Uh-huh. Um, 
it went very well. I was so happy. There's maybe 250 people that came out, maybe 300, close to that, something. Some of us were already out, but the rest, you know, yeah. came out during the night. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. The movie was 40 minutes, and uh, you know, I, I, I got some good feedback from people, and everybody said that they liked it, and we did a Q&A with the cast after, and it was fun. It was good. It was a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of good, positive energy, I think, that came out of it. Well, I think, as I said to you, more importantly, a lot of people talked, certainly to me, about how touched they were, how the movie connected with something they felt about living with depression or a mental illness, um, a couple of people in tears, mm-hmm. it's always good, mm-hmm. uh, for the right reasons, Yes, not because it was so terrible and they couldn't wait to get out of there, but right. um, people had been quite emotionally moved by it. So, you know, I think if you're creating art and you can make people feel something, whatever it is, that's, that's a pretty good sign it's on the right track. Yeah, I hope so. It, it feels it felt like it, anyways. So now we take it and hopefully maybe do some festivals. Um, need to fix a couple things, but then we'll start putting in festivals across the world. So you know, keep you posted and follow the Weirdo Hero Twitter account. So um, at Weirdo Hero. Yep. So you can uh, you know maybe go see it in your own hometown if it's at a festival. Certainly, we will keep people advised of um, I hope so, yeah. of where they can watch it because it was great and job well done, Ryan. Thank you. And we've had a, a little bit of interest about people wanting to use it for teaching purposes and um, mentorship programs and things like that. So, yeah, hopefully it has a life uh, beyond the night that we uh, screened it. I hope so. I think the reaction there shows that it certainly got an audience out there. Yeah, that's the hope. That's the, um, the other thing I did while I was in Vancouver was got to see the filming of some filming of the X Files, mm-hmm. um, which I have to say, back in the day, I was a huge X Files fan, huge, um, and so it was a it was an absolute thrill. I never thought I'd get to see Gillian and David on set being Mulder no, and Scully ever yeah. again, um, and so I saw them on on Thursday night night filming downtown in in vancouver chris carter was directing it was the last second last um night of them shooting this uh, the miniseries they're doing of the x-files um so i got to see both jillian and um and david on set actoring mm-hmm. uh robbie amell uh ex tomorrow people also known as the other amell in some cases the lesser amell um <laughs> he's also in the uh, in the movie, and um, yeah, it's been a good five or six hours watching watching that happen. That's very exciting. That can't can't tell you anything about what we watched because there were some spoilers. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it uh, it was sort of spoiler. You don't really know what was happening. So no, you don't. And and I don't think they'd be spoilery yeah. spoilers. People but, aren't yeah. going to say, "Oh, forget, it. I'm not going to watch then." No, no, but I. I other than, you know, Scully driving a car, that's probably very unspoilery. But, um, yeah, no, it was lo- lots of fun. And um, just to see, yeah, Mulder and Scully walking down the street was pretty good. That's pretty cool. And then you went and saw Supernatural filming. And then on Friday night I got to see Supernatural filming downstairs with uh, Misha Collins doing a couple of scenes, one in front of um, an apartment, bu- uh, sorry, an office building. And then they moved into a classic uh atmospheric supernatural alleyway possibly one that's been used before mm-hmm. um to shoot another scene with castiel um which was lots of fun to watch cool. um the whole setup and they dressed the alleyway they put in some cyclone wire and some razor wire and some other other uh 
fittings around the alleyway. There was a Omaha State Police car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, again, we had a lot of fun. Supernatural crew is very used to having groups of fans around, so um, they're happy They're happy for us, if you will, behave to hang around and chat and, and have fun with That's exciting. Yeah, it was. It's really weird to see Misha Collins dressed as Castiel, though. Because, but acting like Misha. But acting like Misha. Did my head in. I'm sorry. It's like, you look like Cass, but you're talking like Misha, and my brain's just melting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't deal well with collisions between fantasy and reality as you know right i do know that (laughs) so yes it's all happening i also saw on my first night here i saw them filming the flash downtown Mm -hmm. um basically you can barely walk a block in vancouver without running over i zombie arrow the flash you name it I uh, would have run into the the 100 but they film out in the woods somewhere mm-hmm. um so yes there's uh, uh there's many things to see when you're in Vancouver there's lots if you're if you're so inclined you can probably go and watch a show being filmed every night i bet yeah easily one or two oh yeah yeah and that's not counting movies and whatever no, else is on in exactly. town so um uh i love seeing seeing the behind the scenes and um quite happy to stand around for a few hours and see what actually goes into Making my TV. It's crazy. I mean, the hours that you stood around, they probably got, what, one or two shots then? Yep. Oh, no, they did, I suppose, on, um, so on soup. I'm always surprised how both time-consuming but efficient it is. So, Mm -hmm. um... They were filming from about 2 p.m. to 1 a.m. for Supernatural. Mm -hmm. Uh, they did three locations and three short scenes so, so there was uh, two quite short scenes yeah. and one that was a longer scene because had a fight scene in it and mm-hmm. had a, a fight sequence and mm-hmm. a bit more in it but yeah so basically probably will amount to you know three or four minutes of television right yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, same yeah. with the x-files and they they'd closed off a whole city block one point they had the street full of maybe 20 or 30 cars it was a big crowd scene um they filmed probably we saw them probably do four different sequences, and that was between 5 p.m. and 1 wow. a.m. Um, and they were all... Uh, the the crowd, the, the bigger scenes probably took longer to set up than they did to shoot because they had to move in lots of cars and everything. Right. Um, but, yeah, obviously, yes, it would take you 12 hours to do five minutes of TV. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, if they shoot for eight days, yes. and it's a 42-minute show, that, there you go. That, there's the maths. There's the maths. But, yeah, as I said, it's it, it's time-consuming, but also uh, always amazed at how efficient the machinery is. That, mm-hmm. uh, when you see just the equipment that gets bought in for right. doing something that's quite straightforward, yeah. uh, you know, Supernatural the other night, um, you know, the number of trucks and generators and lights and cranes and everything, as well as wardrobe and... Toilets, you yeah, name it, yeah. and catering, and that—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a bit—it's a big production. Yeah. Um, but everything you can—you can tell everyone is very relaxed. Everyone, everything works smoothly. Uh, there appeared from the ex- outside to be no major hiccup. I mean, things seem to progress through. Mm-hmm. Bit of you know, they do the rehe- the, the blocking and one rehearsal, and then go for the scene, mm-hmm. shoot from a couple of directions. You know, it was quite. You could tell how it was progressing mm-hmm. quite well. And they're lucky the weather was good and mm-hmm. everything. Obviously, the locations were working out, it mm-hmm. seemed, as they wanted. So, yeah. Good. Always exciting. Are you thinking about giving up your job and going into the movie business? No. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> 
There's also a hell, seems to be a hell of a lot of standing around. There's a lot of standing around. Yes. 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 I went to work the other day and I was there for 10 hours. One hour of it was visual effects time and the rest of it was standing around time. Wow. So that's the excitement that is working in the film industry. Are you going to take up knitting or something? Um, nope. Books. Well, books, yeah. I'm going to take my book to work. I'm reading Kings of New York. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, I usually read Surf the Web Tweet. Yes. On Twitter. On, t- on the Twitter. Yep. And uh, stuff like that to keep the uh, time going. Yes. I noticed a few PAs with books. I'm quite sure most of the crowd are, uh, crew of, uh, of any show is really good at Candy Crush Saga by now. Probably, yes. <laughs> And they love those um, those little um, kingdom building games. Yes, yeah, that, that, those are really popular. <laughs> There's a guy on my show right now that has three going at once. <laughs> He's got an iPad, iPad Mini, and his iPhone. He's got three separate games going. So. He's building worlds. Exactly. Yeah, he's going to war with himself. Uh, what else do we have for news, Jules? You got any news? Any other information that we should know about? No. It's hot off the press. Well, all you know, all the fall shows will be starting, you know, in, over the next few weeks, uh, mid to late September, coming into October. So we'll have a lot of new shows to review. Um, I don't know that I've got anything else hot off the press at the moment. Well, then let's move into our first show, shall we? Let's do it, Ryan. What are we reviewing first up? First up, we're reviewing a show that's in its second season, and it's called Review with Forrest McNeil. I'm Forrest McNeil, back for more life. Whatever life experience you're curious about, I will do it, and then I will review it. For the rest of the day, every question life throws at me, I will run it by the magic eight ball and do what it tells me. This season, everything's gonna go just fine. Hey, the idea of placing my member into this hole has me excited, but also, Pretty nervous. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What I need you to do is just shoot this apple off my head, okay? Do you want me to call an ambulance? Yes! Yes! Okay, you just tell me when. Now! Call an ambulance now! (laughs) Venus is all right. I like what they do with that. Thank you. Tell us about, why is this show called Review? Well, it's about this guy, Forrest McNeil, played by Andy Daly. And it's sort of like his variety show. Not a variety show, but it's sort of like his informational program that he does in character. And he reviews life. I think at the beginning he says, is life worth living? Well, life, it's pretty much the only thing we have. And is it any good? We'll review it here. And he just reviews different things. So every week, people, quote unquote, write in suggestions. But none of it's real. <laughs> and it's it's kind of a weird situation. So he reviews different things like, um, what's it like to be a babysitter? And he'll go out and find a kid and babysit a kid and then give it a review at the end. Or um, what's it like to... Be racist. Be racist. Uh, What's it like to make a sex tape? Right. So he'll go and do these things. What's it like to eat 30 pancakes, which was one of my favorites. And it's usually a detriment to his own safety and his own health and his own life. But he does it anyway because he's such a committed uh, reviewist. Um, Andy Daly is a guy whom I think is genius. Mm. 
I don't know if it comes across in Forrest McNeil or not, but if anybody who's listened to a Comedy Bang Bang podcast can attest of the myriad of characters that Andy Daly has come there with and done and held on to and just... The guy's a genius. I'm not afraid to say it, Jules. I'm going to say it. He's a genius. Say it again. So that's sort of what turned me on to this is um, from listening to him on Comedy Bang Bang and just being laughing my ass off at him. So when I heard this, I started watching it and I... I mean, there's not that many episodes. I think there's eight per season or ten per season or something. And they're 20-minute episodes. So I sort of blew through all of them. And uh, funny. I think like it, it, it's it's good for a laugh. What did you think, Jules? You watched them. You watched oh, a I few. Love, uh, yes. No, I've watched uh, a couple from both seasons. So I haven't watched the whole thing through. Um, no, I think it's a very clever premise. It actually was based on an Australian TV show, really? which neither myself or anyone I know of has actually watched. Mm-hmm. So I must hunt it down at some time to what see. What do you mean based on? It was an Australian TV show called Review. Oh. <laughs> so, starring him? No, not starring him. Starring so it's him. a remake of the It's Australian. a remake of the Australian series. Oh. Um, which I haven't hunted down, but I will at some point. Um, it, was, it was on a... ABC Two, which you know, there's three people who watch ABC Two, um, so but I believe those there were only two seasons of it. I believe you can find them on Hulu. So oh, really, must mm. have a look at them. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really clever concept. But it's Andy Daly who carries the concept across. Right. You can imagine this playing. Yeah, you know, I think I think a number of good comedians could could carry it off. Mm-hmm. Um, the overarching arc of it is, of course, that the things he does, particularly in the first season. I've only watched the first the first couple of the second season, but uh, they impact on his personal life right. too. For example, one of the one of the things he's reviewing is what it's like to get a divorce. So he starts divorce proceedings against his wife, which, funnily enough, has a negative impact on their relationship. <laughs> right, right. And in fact, they end up no, no, spoiler they end up getting divorced. Um, so he's he's an inter- the character is an interesting one in that he's both got sort of a uh, a charming curiosity and almost not naivety about him, although he is naive in his lack of thinking that these things like the, the episode I just watched was what's it like to join the Mile High Club? Right. So he uh, tries to get his his recent new girlfriend to join the Mile High Club with him, and when she won't, he then um, you know, randomly goes to sit next to someone else on the plane to get her to join the Mile High Club, of course, which his girlfriend doesn't really like, and she breaks up with him. So there's sort of a charming naivety about him, but he is also a bit of a dick. It's a real, it's an interesting mix because he's sort of. He can turn off emotionally, kind of thing, or well, he's just like, clueless in right, a way that right, he doesn't right. see. But that's part of the. Um, I think that's part of the 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 joke of the show too. Like there's one about um, what's it like to cure someone of being gay, right? And. Um, you know, part of the joke is he doesn't realise that he hasn't cured this person. In fact, this person's cured only because he's now um, hooking up out of, out of the, yeah, out of the closet <laughs> and having a good time. Um, but yeah, Andy Daly is incredibly funny. They yeah. usually do two or three, I think, per episode. There's yes. usually at least two different things that he reviews. Um, so it's actually quite a in a thirty minute episode. So it's quite a nice bite sized show to watch if you don't like one premise then right. the next one might appear you know the 30 eating 30 pancakes versus what's it like to kill someone i don't know if he's done that one yet no making that <laughs> up i'm sure he will at yes. some point um but he has been shot yes the last one i saw was what's it like to do a william tell 
Oh, I haven't seen that one. So, uh, William Tell, I, he looks it up. I don't know what it is, but the guy who wrote it and said, I'm the captain of all these teams, and I always win. I want to know what it's like to do a William Tell. I don't know what that, that is. But what Andy Daly looked up was to have, shoot an apple have, off your son's head. Oh, okay. With and a bow and arrow. He does have a son. And he does have a son who was coming to town, um, luckily enough. So, he started practicing archery because he had to shoot an apple off his son's head. Of course, he was very upset that he was going to have to do this because he was going to kill his son. But you have to do it because he's doing it for the show. So, so he ends up um, coming up with some other solutions. But it's just things that he'll just take everything too far and end up screwing himself, yes. bobbling himself. And he becomes committed to whatever he takes on into right. to going through with it. So uh, as, as terrible as the implications are or whatever lengths he has to go to to right. get to achieve experiencing this thing and reviewing it, he will go to it. Um, So, you know, that's the joke of just taking things too far. He has a a co-host on the show, a woman who, uh, you know, reads out the challenges, who's sort of the the voice of reason, if you like, with that. Not really the voice of reason, but... Yeah, she's a weird character. She's such a bitch, but she's kind of nice to him. Yeah, yes. And she doesn't stop him from hurting himself. No. But she kind of revels in it a little. Yeah. So weird. It's such a weird relationship yes, between them. Yes, which is interesting. And the only time you see her is when they're it's the actual you never show. See, you, never you never see, see her, her off other, camera. Yeah, it's weird. Because um, they have a behind the scenes, so they they show him on stage presenting his show and his reviews. But then then they sort of walk off stage, and it's all the behind the scenes stuff for the week while he's doing something. Mm. It kind of reminds me of like sixty minutes. Like sometimes sixty minutes goes behind the scenes yeah. and. That sort of thing. Uh, and so his now ex-wife features in it and his son. Jessica St. Clair. Yes. Whom, um, also Lennon Parnum is on there who plays his wife that he wants to hook up with yeah. on the earth, his girlfriend he wants to hook up with, um, who are from Playing House, the show, but they're also from the Comedy Bang Bang podcast. If anybody listens to that, you'll know them as, uh, as some characters from there. And they're hilarious. They are so funny. Those two are yeah. just really hilarious. That's a show we've never reviewed, Playing House. No, you and I have watched a couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah, a, you recommended show. it to me, so uh, it's okay. Um, show it's cute. It's fine. Yeah. You hate it. You'll hate it. Oh well, it's, it's a bit too cute for me. Yeah, you don't like cute. You don't no, like I don't like cute. I don't like cute. And also, the thing I like about this too is it's not. Um, you know, we did review last year. There's, there's been a bit of a, and and I have to say, very good comedy shows, but the sort of Louis C.K., Mark Maron, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Dower. Life's fucked. Mm-hmm. Middle-aged white men shows. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not that. Right. This is funny. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's a bit of a pathetic character, but uh, but he know, triumphs somehow. And it's, he's he's funny. You yeah. know, he's meant to be funny. This is not about the meaninglessness of life. This is about bad Yelp reviews for your friends. You know, right. <laughs> yes, yeah, which I quite like the idea of. Yeah, it's not bad. Um. You haven't seen all of them, have you? No. no. Um, I don't want to spoil them because there are a lot of twists, I think, and, yes. and kind of surprises as to what happens. But um, I think it's Comedy Network that does it, the Comedy Network. You don't know. No, I, I don't know. Um, I watched it on a, an internet right. place. Right, on the internet. It's also on the internet if anybody wants to watch it there. Um, I think the good thing about it is now, so I dipped into both season one and two, uh, although there is this sort of overarching story about his, particularly his relationship with his wife, you can dip into these anywhere. Mm. You don't need mm-hmm. the backstory. They make mm-hmm. sense as standalone. Yes. So it is the sort of thing that you could 
you know, just pick an episode anywhere. And it's funny in and of its... And I like that about it. Uh, you know, it's nice to not feel tethered to... Yeah. I will certainly go and watch more of them, right. but I don't feel any need to go back to number one and watch right. all the way through yeah. chronologically. So um, that's a nice thing that you can just, um, you know, dip into a random three or four. Start in season two. The first episode I watched was episode two of season two. Mm. Um, so, and, and and the whole premise and everything was right. uh, imme- immediately obvious about what it was. Was that, about. that what it's like to become a cult leader? No, that was the curing. I think it was the curing homosexuality oh, okay. and something else. Yeah. I can't remember what the other part of that episode was. It getting was. shot? Did he get shot? In that Not one? In that uh, one. something. Um, but yeah, so um, if you want, if you want a light comedy that you can just dip into um i so like comedy it's dark in mm-hmm. that you know some of the humor does come from mm-hmm. but it's not now what was that one you got me to watch last year that was the sort of prank one the guy who would go in places and oh um yes yes that was um oh shit what was that called um yeah, and he would go and he'd mentor them, their businesses, on how to improve. Nathan. Yes. The, Nathan for you, it was called. Yes. Uh, I hated that. Really? Well, I had a lot of secondhand embarrassment stuff yes, going on yes. there. So that was sort of because people who didn't know, they were in on a joke. So it was sort of semi-reality right. and stuff. Anyway, this is not that. No. Uh, although they're probably... There's They're no probably, reality in the in review for it. No, 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 no. It's, it's all staged. So it's all scripted. Yeah. But um, they're probably of a genre, if you like. But, um, yeah, so there's no secondhand embarrassment right. squeak in this. Um, and Andy Daly, genius. Yeah, he's very smart. Very, very good comedian. Very you, some good people character. know him. He was on um, Conan in the 90s. He was on Mad TV and Eastbound and Down. Who was he uh, in Eastbound and Down? I don't the know. principal. Yeah. I think yeah, he was yeah, the principal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, as well as Comedy Bang Bang. So, yeah. uh, definitely go and check out Review. Mm-hmm. It is one of those. And I think uh, the, the good thing to do is look through the episode uh, uh, listings and you can pick out, oh, I want to know what it's like to eat 30 pancakes. Right. <laughs> um, pick out topics that you think uh, might appeal to you and start with that and mm-hmm. see if you like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's pretty funny. I think it's pretty smart the way they've done it. And uh, I would, I mean, it's pretty easy watching. You're not going to have to put aside a whole day to, to watch it or anything. It's pretty light and fluffy like them pancakes. Um, review with Forrest McNeil, four stars. Definitely. Okay. I, 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 oh, I'll go four stars and sex in an airplane. Wow. <laughs> and how many pancakes? Oh, a few pancakes, but I will be on an aeroplane in half a dozen hours. So there you go. if you're on uh, Air Canada Flight 33, right. look me up. Bring some pancakes. <laughs> so, Jules, that is our first show I would qualify it as a hit. Um, why don't you intro our next show and I'll get us another beer. Uh, well, actually, before we, um, we go into our next show, I was going to bring up while you're getting another beer, um, the fact that this week we had the finale of Mr. Robot. Now, Ryan and I reviewed Mr. Robot a couple of episodes ago. Um, I'm pleased to say it's about to start on Canadian television. So if you're in Canadian land, um, please watch Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, in a, in, a, in a universe that was equal and just, 
would have had the sort of reaction and critical acclaim that True Detective got last year, True Detective season one, that is not season two. Um, I think towards the end of its season, uh, Mr. Robot had been discovered, um, certainly by some critics. I don't, I think the audience, I think you said one and a half million for the finale, yeah, Ryan? Yeah, one and a half million. Uh, which is pretty healthy, I think. Yeah, that's okay. That's great nothing, no, nothing to sneeze at. Um, so the the funny thing is, and Ryan and I were discussing this, that there seems to have been a trend probably in the last two or three years where season, the end of a season, the climactic episode is actually the penultimate episode. And I've got it, uh, the bottle opener over here, Ryan. Oh, well. <laughs> I telepathically knew what he was looking for <laughs> because I also drink beer. Um, and I have the bottle opener. Thank you. Uh, and I can think of some episodes, in fact, the, the final season of Breaking Bad and the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones, the penultimate episode tends to be the climactic one and the final episode tends to be sort of the coda for the season. Yeah. And I think it was that way with uh, Mr. Robot. In fact, both Ryan and I thought the penultimate episode was the finale. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Um... However, that being said, it wasn't as if the, the finale was a disappointment. Without giving any spoilers away, which is uh, a, a challenge, but essential in the nature of Mr. Robot, how would you sum up? Uh, we were very enthusiastic after the first couple of episodes. Yes. How did you feel by the end of the season? Just as good. Um, you know, Sam Ishmael, the writer, knows what he's doing. He wrote 10 episodes. They said, let's do 12, and he said, no, we're doing 10. So we're doing three seasons of ten. Apparently, he's got it all worked out. Um, again, you're absolutely right. The penultimate episode was—I would have been fine if it had ended there. And everything that was in the last episode, I would have been happy if that would have been the first three episodes of the next season, kind of thing. Yeah, I felt like that could have been stretched out a little bit more, a little bit longer of a reveal. I feel like it sort of summed up a little bit too quickly. I suppose without knowing what's coming next, and that's hard to say if True. It, it did or not. Um, except, I suppose the other the other way to spin that is to say there was a shitload of story happened in the last episode. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that feels, gee, we should have taken three or four episodes to do that, or oh, that was a great way to set up this juicy bit that's coming next. We didn't need to set that up. We won't know until next season. Yeah. But a shitload happens, and again, very. Um, elegantly executed i thought mm -hmm. uh one thing that this show has done brilliantly has respect its audience intelligence mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in its storytelling uh and and assumed that its audience understand how to watch a tv show yes. uh, but also will be comfortable with unreliable narrators uh, probably the most unreliable narrator i've ever seen on television would be mm. fair enough to yeah. say yeah 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 uh one of the more challenging narratives i've seen done on television i yeah i, I mean it's very convoluted it's very multi-tiered it's very psychotic in not in a bad way in a, in a great way mm. in the best way possible mm. um you know, even as, as the viewer, you don't know what is going on. And I don't mean not going on. You don't know what's real. You don't know what exists in the world, what doesn't exist in that world, what's a fabrication. 
Do you do you agree or? Oh yeah, I mean, the, as I said, he uh, Alias is the ultimately unreliable narrator for various reasons, as we find out. But I love the fact that uh, even though various things were revealed late in season one about Elliot, we're still not clear on what we've been told, which is true and which is not true, right. or fantasy or not right. fantasy. Um, it's true from a certain point of view. Uh, we think so. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not. I'm not trusting anything at this point. Yeah. Um, you and I touched on last time the incredible visual style uh, of the show, which breaks a lot of the, right. the traditions yeah. of, of filmmaking of television yeah. filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, things being almost off screen. Uh, um, you'll know the technical terms for it, but you know faces. Uh, Certainly breaking all the rules of thirds, as they're called. Yes. Yes. Um, Throwing that just in the garbage. And I don't, you know, that was all Sam Ishmael's doing. That was something he wanted to see. I, I just saw an article on it. He wanted that to be this weird framing and, you know, these sorts of things. But, you know, they did such a great job of it. And it, it didn't, it never felt, it never felt, ooh, I'm trying to be artsy. It was, uh, I, I disagree. I think it did feel like that a bit. And okay. it did take me out of it oh, okay. quite a bit. See, for me, it actually took me further into it mm. because it, it felt that I was engaging on that. I thought the visuals were supporting the narrative in a really good way because they were supporting the the, I, the off-balancedness yep, yep. and often, often the fact that while something is in your face, there was something going on in the background that was a bit out of focus. So you might have half of someone's face in, in, in extreme close-up on the left of the screen and something just out of uh, out of focus in the, in the, in the background or mid-ground. Right. And then someone would come in from the right that was talking as well. And it was that thing about having to continually engage with what's going on in screen, not just, oh, there's two talking heads, we'll listen to what they're saying. You're going... What's this tell? What's this framing telling me about the story? That's the problem. You, okay. s- you you saw that, and you shouldn't notice that kind of framing. It should just be a beautiful tableau. It shouldn't be what? It, what is it? Why? Why is this here? Why is that guy there? What? What does that mean that they have this here? Are, are we expecting? So- as soon as you do that, you're out of it. Now, you know uh, there was a few shots where, for instance. Um, oh, uh, that's right. When what's her name goes to see the lawyer. Yes. And they have the lawyer's head in the center bottom third of the screen and all this real estate up above her head. And to me, that's doing a disservice to that actor. You're missing that performance. You're getting the face, but you're missing the rest of that actor's performance. Okay. That's a disservice. She could be hand gestures, what she's playing with, prop, anything like that, and you're missing that. And just to be... Artie for the sake of being Artie. There was no reason to have that character misframed other than it looks cool to have more space above their head. Well, being a devil's advocate here, maybe it was in that case they wanted you to just hear what she was saying rather than look at that. And I think it's... That's giving giving it a lot, I think, a lot more credence than it's worth. Uh, I think it's more to be Artie and, hey, look what we're doing. We're breaking the rules by doing this. But then I think part of that is... I'm going to notice it because it's different than what else is on TV. Mm-hmm. So that's not a bad... If everyone else was... Like, it's it's like a a, a, a a new visual dialect, if you like. So I'm going to have to... You know, it's like watching a 
a TV show that's in uh, set in Glasgow with very heavy accents. You know, you're going to have to listen a bit more closely. Or, or The Wire, when you start watching The Wire and you've got no idea what anyone's talking about because it's this, you know, street patois from uh, from Baltimore. Uh, visually, they, they were doing it a bit the same. So it's a bit hard to know, is it just there to go, ooh, I'm doing something different? Or... Is it just because it's different than what we normally see, we we notice it? When I say I think about, I mean, I always think about what I'm seeing on the screen anyway. I felt this was drawing my attention to different things. So if I wasn't seeing the actor's full body or, or upper body, then I might be listening more or I might be watching the reaction of the person they're talking to because they're in full frame. I mean, that's what I mean by how they might now whether that was purposeful or I'm just full of shit I don't know but <laughs> the upshot of it was it was visually interesting mm. to watch mm. and you know whether you feel that was you know just art for the sake of art or whether it was actually adding to the story will will depend mm -hmm. I felt it really added to the story for me because it made me think okay maybe they're emphasizing this character now because that's that's the you know this person's talking but, you know, this is unreliable. We should be watching the reactions of the person who's listening or there's something going on in the background. Maybe we need to be thinking of what's behind what they're saying or something. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I think it could definitely be used better to that advantage. I didn't feel it was distracting. I, I did. But not in a bad way. I mean, we're talking about it, so obviously it did something, <laughs> right? Uh, it was look. I I always say I love TV that remembers that I love shows that remember that TV is a visual medium. There's right. a lot of television out there that would play equally as well as the radio show because, well, probably not well as the radio show because it's not aware that it's also an oral medium. But mm. there's a lot of shows that don't take advantage of that in right. one way or another, and right. so it's nice to see a show thinking yeah. about the visual co composition of the frame. Right. I would have liked to have seen it if they would have chose to be more judicious with it um you know maybe only use it for um elliot or elliot's point of view oh see that's when i feel it does then feel forced i think the fact that everything was done in that style made it feel natural more natural to that world or to that story mm. whereas if you bring it in for one character then it starts to stand out a bit more as like ooh, he's the unreliable narrator so he gets the you know out of frame shots that's a bit like you know, oh, we put the flashbacks on, the on sepia and we yeah. won't rely on the audience to understand mm. what's going on. So, but people, as you can tell, there's lots to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. We were talking earlier today, over a few beers at Fort Langley, mm -hmm. um, about uh, things that annoy us on TV. And uh, we were talking particularly about uh, portrayals of uh, hospital scenes and medical mm, equipment mm -hmm. uh, and health treatment. And the other thing we mentioned was computers. And mm -hmm. people may remember Ryan's um, uh, head-exploding rant about a certain TV show called Scorpion, right. uh, which did computers. Possibly was the sort of you'd use as the, uh, the, the example in a court case of TV doing anything to do with IT right. appallingly. Yes. Uh, how did you feel, given that so much of Mr. Robot uh, was around hacking and, and computers? Oh, how do you yeah. think they did it? They did it perfectly. They did it. So, what did they do well? Everything, everything—the look, the feel, 
um, you know, not having a three-dimensional representation about what hacking is. It's, <laughs> it's command line, it's code, it's running bots, it's being sneaky, it's using off-the-shelf products in ways they're not intended, it's all the things that make hacking delicious. It's not, I've got the special password code and now I'm hacked into the FBI. No, it's it's wiring the, uh, you know, go actually having to go into the facility and slip a little mini computer into the, um, you know, the air conditioning system and the heating ventilation system so that you can bypass it and you can get a, you know, past the security. You know, it's, it's clever and that's what hacking is. Hacking is about being clever and using tools in ways that they're not intended to be used. It's not about... I know how to type really quickly so I can <laughs> yeah. hack into the government. That's not what that is. Um, it, in some ways, it really highlighted the the mundane side of sure. hacking. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, oh, I, I think it glamorized that even. I mean, there's certainly a lot more it's modernity more mundane, for that. But we, are, yeah. we are telling you. Modernity? Is that a word? Mundanity, maybe. Is it What's modernity? That's modern things. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, you're telling a story, so you're always going right. to have to highlight things. Sure. And... But they did a very good job. I mean, yeah. the shit that they put in there is legit real. I mean, all those commands that he's typing, those are legit commands. Whether it would hack you into a place or not, I, I couldn't tell you. A lot of the stuff was over my head. <laughs> or you could, but then you'd have to kill me. Or you'd have to kill me anyway, but um, let's not get into your homicidal fantasies. Um... <laughs> okay, that's not... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I thought they, they did it. And they also, um, what's the word? They pulled back from showing a lot of stuff that other shows would have made up or whatever uh, and kept it about the characters. Mm. Let's not be flashy and have, as you said, the 3D representation or, mm. you know, people having pseudo high tech stuff. Uh, let's keep it about the characters and mm -hmm. why they're doing this or what they're doing with it, right. uh, rather than uh, pretending to, you know the fast typing, yes. you know, incomprehensible code screening, uh, scrolling through right. the screen sort of thing. Um, so I thought, uh, and of course, it, again, without well, I can suppose you can mention it because I mean, if you've watched one episode, you know the whole thing that it's around. You know, the hacking is for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, that has a mission. There's an organisation called F Society, which very much taps into what goes on in the real world right. these days. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they had an Ashley Madison uh, reference in the final. Oh episode. yeah, horribly horseshoed in with ADR at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get more obviously horseshoed in than that. I hate bad ADR to begin with. Oh, but okay. That was like, um, I'll forgive it because I just sort of gave it a currency that was. Oh, um, it did. No, absolutely. I don't. I don't fault them for doing it. It's just I hate when you can totally tell that it's a okay. off-screen ADR yes. add-in at the last minute. I forgave them for that because I just thought it emphasised how, uh, despite all the about the show that's fantastical in a way, or, or it's um, it is very much rooted in the real world. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the whole time, well, I don't want to spoil it, but Times Square and stuff like that, um, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, great show. Really, really good show. Yeah, so and, it, yeah. it's starting in... Um, I know we already reviewed it. but I know. We, well, I think it's because I want people to watch it. And yeah. I look at show, other shows that get, uh, uh, you know, I refer to True Detective Season 1. Um, yep. You know, even True Detective Season 2, whatever you think of it, it got a lot more... Uh, 
media space and coverage and everything right. than um, Mr. Robot will. And Mr. Mm-hmm. Robot deserves a lot. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing television. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a lot of think pieces around at the moment that we're at some point that people are referring to as peak TV. Peak TV? Peak. Oh. As in that there's so much good TV out there right. that you can't possibly get across it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is where TV Chinwag comes in because we're right. telling you, get across Mr. Fucking Robot. Yeah. Or Mr. Robot as it's actually yeah. called. Don't search for Mr. Fucking Robot. That's a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one you made. Not a bad one. That's the one Just... you made last summer, isn't it, Ryan? That's right. <laughs> you and your Dyson vacuum cleaner. Got to make some money um... <laughs> somehow. The boy's got to make some money somehow. I don't begrudge you that. But, um, yeah, I would... I would think anyone listening to this podcast should give Mr. Robot... In fact, anyone breathing on the planet Earth at the moment should give Mr. What Robot... What would you Earth. suggest to anyone who's watched every episode of Scorpion? Um, go get in the fucking sea, because you should be dead. Right, go go for a long swim. I really don't care. If you've watched every episode of Scorpion and enjoyed it, I hate to judge other people's... Um, likes right but i do judge you right you, you suck uh we are at peak tv there yeah. is enough amazing television out there that you never have to watch shit uh, if you're watching scorpion you should probably seek medical attention right or just gouge your eyes and ears out and cancel your cable i don't is it on cable i don't even know what station it's on anyway no, it's don't on watch ABC. scorpion please stop uh, um, watch mr robot 15 times right Okay, let's move on because we still have a whole nother show, an actual show that we need to review, a new show. And that show is a spinoff of a, one of the world's most popular television shows called The Walking Dead. And our show spinoff that we're reviewing is called Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead, a new episode premieres this Sunday. People are getting sick and they get violent. Move, Travis! The electrical grid will collapse. Communications will fail. It's all going to go to hell. Tell me what you saw. The infected. Men do these things not because of evil. They do evil because of fear. Fear the Walking Dead. A new episode premieres Sunday night at 9, only on AMC. (laughs) Because, you know, it's really hard to think of titles for TV shows. Um... Right, okay, so Fear of the Walking Dead is a spin-off of The Walking Dead. Right. Uh, it's, well, it's a prequel, isn't it? It's, well, it's a spin-off in that it, it, its genesis is was in the current, was in The Walking Dead. It is set at the point of the outbreak. So if people remember the beginning of The Walking Dead, it takes place, it starts basically a number of months after the outbreak when Rick Grimes, Sheriff Rick Grimes, wakes up from a coma. Um... So this takes place just As, before Rick Grimes goes into the hospital, essentially. Yeah, so... And to the time that he wakes up, I guess, or after? Well, we don't know when we don't it's... Know. So it starts at a point where um, there are things flying around this room, right? They're called fruit flies, Jules. Are they? Yep. They're creeping me out. They're mm-hmm. zombie flies. So this takes place in Lo- set in Los Angeles as opposed to The Walking Dead, which is set around Atlanta. <clears throat> and uh, the center of the story at the moment is a blended family uh, and uh, it starts with the son who's a drug addict um, waking up and basically finding out that the people he's been shooting up with have all turned into zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 
of course the word zombie is never mentioned um, mm-hmm. as it isn't in The Walking Dead no one uh, it becomes apparent soon that this is happening across Los Angeles no one knows what's happening it's sort of low level news at the moment things are mm. escalating a bit as there's these outbreaks of of, of violence as they're, they're being termed but no one's you know no one's calling it an outbreak or or, or putting any uh, fitting any narrative to it other than sort of you know your usual LA sort of crazy people violence at the moment uh, and so it's going to move forward through the recognition of this being the outbreak of whatever you want to call it uh, and move forward with these people through uh, the zombie apocalypse um what did you think of Fear of the Walking Dead, Ryan? Are you afraid? Are you very afraid? Uh, I'm afraid that it's not going to get any better. We watched the first episode, and, and usually we, we, we've sworn that we're not going to do a review unless we've seen three episodes of a show. But this is timely, and it's something we've both seen, and you're here now, so we're reviewing <laughs> it. Um, wow. I mean, it's it, Walking Dead is a real tough act to follow. Yeah. A real tough act to follow. Um They've got an incredible cast of very diverse people. I mean, I'd never heard of anyone in The Walking Dead before it aired. Um, any of the actors, I mean. I had, but even so. Yeah. Um, Andrew Lincoln, well-known English actor, who plays Rick Grimes, well-known English actor, but not known outside of sure. the US. Yeah. Um, this one stars Cliff Curtis, whom I really like because he has my name. Um, but I remember him in Three Kings. I've seen him in a lot of things. And in fact... He's a bit of that guy, isn't he? He's a bit of a that guy, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think he's a, a damn good actor. Um, he's very... There's a guy named Saeed Takinawi, I think is his name, who was also in Three Kings. He played the crazy Iraqi guy. Oh, um, yes, yes. You remember that guy? He's like, what the fuck is wrong with Michael Jackson, my friend? <laughs> Michael Jackson with the white glove. He comes to Saudi Arabia. I see him, he's like, hoo hee <laughs> I'm Michael Jackson. Hello. What's his white glove? Um, <laughs> I've seen Three Kings a few times. I love Three Kings. Uh, Kim Dickens, uh, whom you know from ER? Where's Kim yes. from? Yeah. Something like that. Um, they sort of play the mixed family. The mixed, uh, they, they've sort of come together. They're both teachers at a school. Um, they have two separate families that have sort of come together. Some of his kids live with his wife, and some of her kids, I think, live with her husband. Or, you know, the kids go back and forth. They're pretty normal, blended family, really, uh, at this point. And they have a son who's addicted to heroin, and he wakes up, and they sort of have to go to the hospital. Jeez, um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, it's tough because there's only been one episode. Could I watch the entire episode? No. Whoa! I actually stopped at the end, and it wasn't. It was just not grabbing me. The first episode of Walking Dead had that car accident. Had Rick waking up. Oh, it was first. a big what the fuck. He started going. There was that little girl, and he yeah, had yeah. to shoot her. Yeah, yeah. That's a fucking episode. This yeah. was not that. Oh, this was. Oh. Um, I think. And I, I'm not trying to compare it. No. I'm, I'm. I'm going in cold. This is a television show that I want to be good. I want to be intrigued and enthralled and and scared and all those things. It doesn't have to be The Walking Dead. So I think I think the show runs up against two issues to start with. So either you're coming into this and you haven't seen The Walking Dead. So let's assume you're the one of the thirty people in in the universe that hasn't seen The Walking right. Dead, and you've decided to watch this new show, Fear of the Walking Dead. In that case. It was a very slow, as you said, uh, not particularly exciting first 
episode. I mean, stuff happens, don't get me wrong, but it neither sold the characters to you. I mean, and this is a comparison. The first episode of The Walking Dead, you know that Rick Grimes is a sheriff and he's a hero and he has a best mate he works with and a loving family and all that gets taken away. I mean, like, it's such a, it's such a best... Yeah, uh, an example of how to do a pilot for a TV right. show. Right. It sets up there are zombies yeah. and they're people you used to know, yeah. and they're fucked, right. and they're trying to kill you. And he's trying to find his family. And he's trying to find so all set up wonderfully. Yeah. The first episode of Fear of the Walking Dead is setting up that something's going on in LA. There's this family with the which you can do that. You can do that slow burn. Oh yeah. But I think the, a pilot still needs to be a pilot. It right. needs to sell me the concept of why to watch episode two. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is you have watched The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. like me. You mm-hmm. love zombie shows, like mm-hmm. me. Not really, but I like Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah, I love zombie shows. I've watched most everything to do with zombies ever. Right. And then I watch this and I think, well, why am I going to keep watching? Mm-hmm. Because I know this world. Mm-hmm. I know all the stuff there is. Well, a lot of stuff about zombies. You know what's going to happen to I know world. a lot about zombies in this world. Mm-hmm. I know how you're meant to kill them. I know the fact that apparently everyone is infected with mm-hmm. right. what, what zombifies people. So anyone who dies becomes a zombie, not just people bitten by zombies. I know right. how you kill them, the characteristics of them. I'm going to have to live through learning all this again mm. with the people in this world. I also think it shows... So the slow burn, fine. Build up the the characters and let's discover who these people are. My other problem is both The Walking Dead and this show are set in a bit of an alternate universe where the concept of zombies doesn't exist. So they're living in a universe sans Romero, sans everything to do... Really? Yes, yes. No, Mm. that's a setup of The Walking Dead Mm. so that there is no pop culture reference. That's why they call them walkers and Mm -hmm. not zombies. That's why people are surprised by what the fuck these people Mm -hmm. are rising from the dead. Now, that worked, I think, in The Walking Dead because of the dramatic um, way it started, but also because it starts after everything's happened. Mm -hmm. Now you've got people sort of slowly discovering that something's going on it becomes harder for me to suspend my disbelief that the population of Los Angeles doesn't know about zombies. Right. I think that's, for me, that's a difference because I'm like, I have to keep reminding myself that these people don't know zombie from popular culture. I mean, I was in downtown Vancouver yesterday and caught in the middle of zombie shuffle. And I can tell you, everyone, local and tourist, who ran into that zombie shuffle knows about zombies. Right, 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 right. right. Whereas to believe that this family living in L.A., being faced with these, what's going on, don't know about zombies, it's also a bit tiresome. Uh, As I said, Walking Dead, I think, was different because it took place after the discovery we didn't have to go through that the people working out what was going on rick grimes wakes up in the zombie apocalypse right we wake up with him we wake up with him so i don't want to go through them having to learn the stuff that everyone in the walking dead's already learned about too like i've learned all that with the walking dead okay but we don't know if that's what's going to happen i mean we can assume but i mean i know it's in los angeles i'm not i'm, I'm not of course there's going to be different stories and and everything right. but it's the same universe. What are you going to? What's going to be different in this universe? And as a viewer of The Walking Dead, other than the fact that this is showing me a 
a period of time that we didn't see in The Walking Dead. But then I'm like, well, I sort of know, we know from people's flashbacks and backstories what happened. So that's why it didn't grab me as... So you weren't interested to begin with? You went in with an open mind. I went in with an open mind because I love zombie shows. And I also, I suppose part of me is feeling uh, other shows that you and I have reviewed uh, In the Flesh, the English right. series, which had a very different take mm-hmm. on the on zombie mythology because it was about people being cured of, or rehabilitated from being right. zombies. Um, you know, there's been a number of shows that, and, and movies that take... I, Zombie I is a zombie, good example of, I, zombie, of taking is, the lore and just having fun with it and, and doing, doing it something a different. totally different way. I yeah. love the fact the opening episode of iZombie, um, uh, the lead character's working in a morgue because mm-hmm. you can get access to brains. And, um, uh, you know, the, the head of the, the, the coroner knows about zombies and picks that she's a zombie. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So... I suppose I feel this is taking space that there are inventive ways to tell zombie stories or mm-hmm. new ways that are mm-hmm. going to engage me. This really... But fit. you have to live within the Walking Dead world, though. Sure. It does. I mean, being that it's it, of the it, creators. It, it does. And I'm not saying that it's not going to go somewhere interesting. Um, but from this beginning, I don't know why I'd watch it. Because it feels like the lesser Walking Dead, not Fear of the Walking Dead. And there were also a Darth of Zombies, I have to say, in the opening episode. A Darth of Zombies? Yeah. Is that a real word? A Darth? Yeah, not enough. A lack. Is that what Darth means? D-A-R-T-H. Like Vader? No, that's D-A-R-T-H. What'd you say? D-E-A-R-T-H. Darth? Darth. 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 I thought Darth meant a mental lot. Anyway, while we go and look that up on it's, the... It's bereft of zombies? <laughs> it's, it, it has a lack of zombies. It's Good. a zombie Less. challenge. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with that. I don't want to see zombies all the time. Um, and in fact, Walking Dead, the zombies are my least favorite part. I like the... I'm a big... I mean, you know my thing. I'm all about... about oh, you're all about character development. I'm about character development. I'm about performance. I'm about yeah. interrelationshipal stuff. Yeah, and, and I, I want gore and brains and guts no. and people eating each other. Um, this had neither. That's I felt... why our porn is so different. <laughs> we should, hey, we should review porn oh, God, one day. No. Let's not and say we did. Um, I'll do an episode on my own. That would be trippy. What if day. we? What if we totally were into the exact same porn? That would be great. That would be we'd weird. Have something to talk that about. would be very weird. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting links from you. We're like, oh, you got to check this out. Let's do it. No, let's not do it. <laughs> Dear listener, Ryan's really shy. He doesn't ever like sharing his porn with That's him. a different podcast. That's a different podcast, but it could be a really good podcast. <laughs> I used to review porn for a I magazine, know, but that's, that's another funny. story. Um, back what was to your the... reviewer name? Han Solo. Right, of course it was. Yes. Um, I'll probably dip in again to The Walking Dead. I might okay. wait till like episode four or something. Fear of the Walking Dead? Fear of the Walking Dead. I okay. think I know enough about the setup. Um, what did you think about the characters? What did you think about the kids? Because you and I usually hate kids. They all felt a bit cookie cutter. Yeah. You know, there's the good daughter, the rebellious son. The, right. You know, I just, again, I didn't really care. Um, I think fuck Hollywood because I couldn't tell that the kids were the kids of these people or they were roommates. Like, the kids looked to be about the same, the same age. age as the parents. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck you for that, first of all. Yeah. Because um, make the kids look like kids or... 
make them fully grown adults, but then have your main characters being older yeah, yeah. and they not were, looking like they're 32 yeah. with 22-year-old yeah, kids. Everyone looked like roommates. It looked like an episode of Friends rather than yeah. parents Which would have also been a very interesting idea, sure. actually. I would have been fine idea, with that. <laughs> Portlandia versus and the zombie apocalypse. Let's do hipsters in the zombie apocalypse. God. Like, there are so many stories out I'll there. I'll show you a music be... video. Sorry? I'll show you a music okay. video. There, it, which is exactly hipsters and, hipsters and zombies. Um, I can show you two videos with hipsters and zombies. Why do I know two? I just know two. Uh, you might have to put up links in our post yeah, okay. so people people know that. Right. Um, the one character that interests me was as a kid at the school who gets pulled in because he's yes. bought a knife uh, knife to school. Yeah, and no. he's like, he's talking about this, a sickness though, right? Well, he's like, you've got to look out for yourself, and he gets called in. the oh, the, yeah. the The mother in the episode has several right. word with him because he's got. He's got uh, pulled in for detention or whatever for right. carrying a knife to school. And he's like, you're crazy if you're not protecting yourself. And it's right. obvious that he's savvy that something sure. bad's going on. Sure. And it's like, that's interesting. Yeah. Let's have a show about kids knowing that shit's coming because they all read comics right. or whatever, even if they're without zombies. Um, whereas, you know, the adults are oblivious or most people are oblivious. I mean, I just feel there's... So many more interesting stories to tell yeah. than Modern Family meets the zombie Thank apocalypse. Thank you. Um, I'll tell you one of the biggest fuck-offs that I hate in movies is the whole world's coming to an end, but we give a shit about what happens to this one scientist and his family. Yes. Okay. In the world where um, San Andreas happens and everyone is essentially dead, I could give a fuck what happens to, insert name here, The yeah. Rock's family, Matthew McConaughey's family... The dude with the holding up the radio and yeah. Uh, yeah, what is his name? That dude's family, like fuck all those people. I don't give a shit if you see your wife and kid again. The whole fucking world yeah. is dying. Nobody gives a shit. Um, and so that's what I really felt with this. I could give a fuck about this yeah. family, and we don't made to give a fuck either. Again, I think so. But but sorry, sorry to cut you off. What I was getting to is Rick Grimes. That's what the first episodes were about. Was him finding his family. But I did care about that. Yeah. Why? What made me care about Rick Grimes finding his family and them not doing it? Now, the the loveliness about the Rick Grimes is his family is alive, but they essentially just get killed off. Uh, well, they've moved Spoilers. on too. And they've moved on. And they, they, yeah, <laughs> She's they, hooked up with his best right, friend. Right, I mean, right, yeah. they make it not your stereotypic... You know, I found the my pretty family. wife and child have gone missing. I have to move heaven and earth to find them. He does find. He does do that. He does find them, but they've moved on. Right, uh, and so that becomes the interesting part because he then has conflict with someone who's been set up pre-apocalypse as his best mate, right. his bromance. Um, and I think that was very clever of them. Okay. Um, Would you have preferred preferred to see Fear the Walking Dead the first episode? Because I, I really don't know what's going to happen, although I kind of think it would just be about the family trying to hook up with the other family, his wife and yeah, kids, yeah, 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 yeah. hooking up with her and husband and, you know, that sort of shit. Would you have found it more interesting if it was scientists discovering this? If it was um, Helix, essentially? You know, where it's no, scientific, but, you know, well, Petri dishes. I'll give you two things I think would be interesting. One is, and this this comes from my day job, but I would like to see the public health reaction, mm-hmm. which is a bit like, um, what was that Brad Pitt movie? Um, 12 Monkeys? No. No, 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 no. no. Um, Containment? No. no. Um, um, also Zombies? Uh, no, it was a virus. Zero? Virus gets everyone. Yeah, oh. Zero, wasn't it? No, no, uh, not, no World oh, Z. not World War Z. No, 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 no. Um, anyway, I'll keep talking. Um, 
12 eight, monkeys? No, no, no. Keep, stop I'm going to keep, keep naming the same ones. Seven. Oh, was box? it three kings? No, it was three <laughs> kings. Um, I'm going to actually take the time to look this up right now because it's a little shit because I can't remember what it was called. And it's probably called something like Virus. Oh, Outbreak. Uh, no, not Outbreak. That was the one with the monkey. Oh, 12 monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, oh my god, why can't Fear I? Fear the Walking Dead. No, or maybe it wasn't Brad Pitt. Who was in it? I don't know. That's going to be a much harder movie to look up. Oh god. Anyway, it was more about the public health reaction. Like, what do you do as a city? Like, I, and, and I don't know if you ever read the book of World War Z. No. Z. No. It was about the effect of glo- on global politics of an outbreak. Okay. How do countries react when there's a, this sort sure, of outbreak? Sure. How do governments react right. to their own populace? What happens to borders? What happens to what happens to healthcare? Health? Yeah. Um, so that would be an, like I think you could do a um, you know a multi storyline which could come together. But what I want to know is well what we saw in the opening episode of Fear of the Walking Dead. What's happening in the police department? Like are they just sitting back and going? Oh well, it's nice that it's it's nice that we get to go and kill mad, you know, white people for a change, you know, or um, you know, is there someone in public health or in community services mm-hmm. going, you know, why are all the junkies eating each other, or you know, mm-hmm. what's happening at that level? What do you then? What's your response then? And you know, we've seen that. You know, the connection to reality is, uh, that you know, the recent Ebola, which happened in North America, right. uh, you know, and we've seen it in recent years with SARS and, and swine flu, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. What is the governmental reaction? What does it do to international travel? Sure. Uh, do you have celebrities who try to break through quarantine things yes. and all that? Yes. I think there's... There's a story to there's be told There's a story there. to tell maybe, maybe they get to that, but that's not what it's looking like. It here. hasn't set it up that way. Mm-hmm. It's set up our core... I mean, that's the strain, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Which wasn't done well. Sort of, to some extent. But yeah, it... it, That's Helix a little. It's all the... strain a little. Yeah, yeah. The other, and I'll throw this out there just because if if you do like zombies and you've never read um, Mira Grant's Newsflesh series, um, it's set in a world 20 years after a zombie apocalypse, which was caused caused by a manufactured virus, which was meant to cure the common cold. Mm And it's people living in a world where there are zombies, but mm. living normal, air quote, life. Mm. So how do you live in a world where zombies still exist? Mm-hmm. Um, and looking at the impact on daily life, the fact that things like gathering in large numbers mm. at a stadium or something becomes becomes anathema. No one will do that. Mm. Um, and the, the, the premise in her world is that it was the bloggers who found out what was going on long ahead of mainstream media. So bloggers have become very uh, powerful in terms of information carrying yeah, and management. Right, right. Anyway. Um, that sounds interesting. Wonderful book series by Mira Grant. And, Are they um, making that into a movie? It uh, has been optioned. And I hope, that, hope, they, hope they do because it's a, uh, it's a great... It's a great What's it called? Uh, the series is called Newsflesh, and the first book's called Feed. Mm. Um, re- really, really good, and really good on the site. Again, talking about things that shows get wrong. It's it's her research on the virology and the science side of things is is excellent. Cool. It actually wow. really makes sense. Whereas, uh, and look, fair enough that The Walking Dead has never been interested in the why. 
It's all about how do you live with. Mm-hmm. I, I will definitely revisit Fear of the Walking Dead because I love zombies. Mm-hmm. I, uh, but at this point, I'll, you know, The Walking Dead is going to be the main zombie show I watch and I zombie. So. Mm-hmm. so funny. They're very different shows. It felt uninspired. Yeah. i gotta, I got to be honest, I think so too. Now, Robert Kirkman, who wrote the graphic novels, which... Um, Walking Dead is based on is heavily involved in um, Fear of the Walking Dead but yeah so I don't know uh, maybe and even Walking Dead which I do love it's a slow burn it's mm-hmm. it, you know often not a lot happens each season mm-hmm. it is very character driven mm-hmm. um, but they have deep, deep characters I didn't see any deep characters here not not yet it did again and, and maybe that's a growth well, we I mean, that judging. could also be pilot. You, you really can't judge a pilot. There's so many fingers in the pie yeah. of a pilot. You cannot judge it for it, it, its merits. It's, as unfortunate as that is, you yes. can't judge it. Um, I have to say, recently went to a talk by Rob Thomas, who right. wrote iZombie, and yep. of course the wonderful Veronica Mars. And it was a 90-minute talk just on getting the pilot of Veronica Mars made. Right. From conception through talks with studio, network, writing mm-hmm. making the whole thing mm-hmm. and that was very clear of the mm-hmm. compromises he had to make some of which you know are obviously still deep emotional scars to this right. day yeah. of things he had to compromise on the pilot that he felt still uh still deeply to the detriment of the of the story so right. i'll give it that however there's still whatever that may have been i didn't feel that kernel of excitement that any good pilot i, I still think you know, you, pilots are an, an unusual creature, but usually if you're going to be interested in something, the pilot will have something in it where you think, okay, that was shit, that was weird, I didn't care about that, but there's this one thing that makes me want to keep watching. I didn't feel that. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Also, I have to say, it's set in LA and it's being filmed in Vancouver. Right. Now, Another one of those. As, as many shows are, and some shows it makes no difference, yeah. but uh, this is... This is out and about in Los Angeles. It's out and about in Los Angeles. Happens to be a city I know a little bit about, mm-hmm. and the geography was way off, and it didn't look like Los Angeles. I'm pretty sure they actually filmed the pilot in Los Angeles. Did they? Yeah. Well, the geography was still way off, and they had mm. people going from sort of one place to another around the block that but wasn't around the block. that's not... That's not the filming. That's just a story. That could be story. Okay. Could be filming. Yeah. Depends. Do you mean they went around a corner and they were in some other part of the city? Well, then yeah. that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I know that's the way but it is. But that's because you recognize it. I suppose I thought it was the, the city would be more of a character. If I was making a zombie film, a show set in L.A., I would make L.A. Because the geography of L.A. is a huge part of the character right. and the social structure of LA and right. I think um, here's the problem it's not shot in LA so don't do that no I won't no no I can move away from that but I, I am particularly um, trust me I'm dealing with these sorts of <laughs> thoughts right now okay on another show yet to be named yeah. um, so maybe give it a go I'd like to hear what people think maybe we're I think we're up to episode three now, so maybe we've we've jumped the gun and everyone's going to yell at us and say, you know, no, get back into it. It's really wonderful. As I said, happy to dive back in uh, probably mid-season. It doesn't matter what we review. If we say it's shit, somebody always says, oh, no, it's really good. you got to stick with it for another six episodes. 
I won't I won't buy that, but if you say stick with it because in the second episode the giant robot turns up, then I might be interested. That's a very different show, Jules. Also, Last Falling in Season Skies um, is on at the moment. Did you ever like, watch it? Yeah, Last okay. Falling Skies. I know that lots of our aliens, have. Aliens and giant robots. I couldn't get into it. Uh, aliens and giant robots. It was a, a little summer show that I think hit the mark really well. Cool. Good adventure show. Also filmed in Vancouver. Lasted a long time. Yep, did well. You still watching the 100? Love the 100. 100 will be coming back mid-season on CW. 100 is magnificent. Maybe we need to review the 100. Maybe I need to really get into it and you need to get into Shameless and we can do those. That's a deal. All right. Uh, We're off to have 17 more beers before I get on a plane to fly 17 hours to Australia. And I go to bed and enjoy Labor Day tomorrow. Long weekend and celebrate. Um, Unions in the eight-hour day. Yeah, fuck those guys. I don't work an eight-hour day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what good did they ever do for you? Yeah, exactly. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to us yabber on for an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, my God. And that was... <laughs> no, it's because we threw Mr. Robot in the middle. No, it's We, didn't, we weren't going to have anything to say about walk, the Fear of the Walking Dead, remember? It's because we're drunk. <laughs> um, thank you very much. And thank you to Gypsy... Parallel 49. Parallel 49. Gypsy's Tears Ruby Ale. Delish. Parallel 49, anytime you want to sponsor us, we're here drinking your beer. Unfortunately, you didn't get a chance to open your apricotopus yet. We'll open that right now. Thanks, everybody. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send mail to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag.